seriously popular. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. In today's episode... Stop acting the clown, Arteta. My respect for the bravery of Luis Diaz. And Chris tells us about the hardest day of his career. I'm Ian Ladyman. I'm Chris Sutton. And it's all kicking off. When we sat here a few weeks ago talking about the Liverpool-Tottenham game where the uh, Luis Diaz goals ruled out incorrectly and... Liverpool released a statement about it and we said in this room that that would set a precedent for other clubs and it has because now we have one from Arsenal and I don't like it at all. The pressure now on referees because of it. You know, you're a, you're a, you're a uh, you know, young kid growing up and you're thinking about, oh, maybe, you know, not good enough to become a, a you know, a, a footballer. I'll go into refereeing. Why would you? Why would you want to do that? You think all you referees see? are failed footballers? Um, that's the motivation. That's the motivation. Referees, motivation. <laughs> well, all journalists for sure, especially this so, one. But, but yeah, I think that is the case. But uh, but you know, I I really do feel quite strongly about that, and and, and whether clubs, it, it's all about um, you know in the moment and you know even Arteta letting off steam as he did do I thought he made himself look a bit of a clown and I I know everybody can say well it's great and it's emotional game and I get that and you know and I do get that but while he's um, while he's berating the officials what about him controlling things which he can control what about you know his insistence to play Havertz you know, how many more times is he going to give him a chance at Arsenal? He's trying to win a Premier League. What about Raya flapping at the cross? He can control those things. So while he's having a pop left, right and centre at the PGMOL, uh, you know, and the referee on the day, maybe he should, you know, look at himself. Really, really good points. The Raya Ramsdale uh, subject is one of our favourites. We aren't, we aren't going to deep dive into it again today if you excuse that goal. Because you're winning pun. that one. I am winning that one. Because um, I said that, that Ramsdale wouldn't get back in um, and he hasn't. Um, but you're right. Havertz probably could have been sent off. I think should have been sent off. I think the argument about uh, that Mark Klassenberg has actually made in, in um, our match day pull out today saying that Havertz didn't make contact so it didn't matter. I think he was just lucky that he didn't make contact. I think the the opponent was lucky he didn't make contact. Is that a subjective call, though? You, you know, you're arguing with Mark Plattenberg. You'll, you'll be asking him on air again in a couple of weeks, and he'll say no. I, don't, I think he keeps turning us down. Uh, and you're right about David Ray. There was a mistake. Uh, he misjudged across in the in the run up to the goal. But against 
asked to put asked to put the statement out. So so Arteta uses that word um, disgrace, which is a, a heck of a strong word, too strong for me. Arsenal back him up with the statement. Now the statement, um, the one line of it that I'm going to read: We support the ongoing efforts of Chief Refereeing Officer Howard Webb and would welcome working together to achieve the world-class officiating standards our league demands. I don't know what that means. That is kind of mm. collaboration, or, or no? That that is kind of agenda setting dressed up as collaboration they're, they're pretending that they want to work with yeah. Webb for the greater good if they want to work with Howard Webb they should do it and they should do it privately exactly if the, fo- if the yeah. Premier League clubs have an issue with VAR they should get together they should call an emergency meeting of the Premier League all 20 of them should get around the table talk about it take a motion or some views to Howard Webb and work with it humiliating officials mm. like this calling the whole group of them into question in public on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon, to me, is not appropriate just, just and crank, takes us yeah. nowhere. It's just cranking the pressure on them. I mean, that's, you know, we it's like saying we support you, but then we're going to baseball bat you as well. Yeah. All I, at the same time. I don't see where, I don't see where, where it gets us. And Matt Barlow, my colleague, has written a brilliant column in um, our verdict pullout today. It's on um, Man Online and all our digital platforms as well. The headline is... Pity the poor referees. Every single player is out to deceive them. Um, and I don't think um, you need any more explanation yeah, yeah, so than th- that. Th- that is, that, that's really apt and, and right. And yet there isn't the outcry within the game about players cheating, mm. diving, Weekly, I've been doing, you know, for for the BBC 606, we're doing the simulation game now about players yeah, diving. yeah. We don't want to do it, but every week for the last however many years, every single week, there's not a week gone by where players haven't dived. And until we actually sort of have a hard line on players doing that, like the weekend, uh, Bulldog Sheffield yeah. United diving, yeah. cheating to win a penalty, Sheffield yeah. United get their first victory of the season wrongly. In my opinion, he should be banned. But but football doesn't come out and you know Arteta doesn't come out and say that's embarrassing, no. does he? And he should do. No, and they, and they are they they are the ills that blight our game. What we are talking about refereeing decisions. Yeah, we know there are issues of VAR. Okay, we we know that particularly with offside. We've talked on this pod before about semi-automated offside. Why they don't use it? Why don't let the technology make that decision? We've talked about that. So there are issues of VAR, but they are to do with human error. They are to do with referees doing doing their best without trying to excuse them um, or make apologies for them, doing their best to do a difficult job very well. We've got footballers who aren't doing that. We've got footballers who are doing their very best to make that job even harder for yeah. the referees. And you're right about um, the Sheffield United Wolves game. I think if any manager in the Premier League has got a, a reason to complain this season... It's Gary O'Neill at Wolves, who has had the um, uh, uh, penalty turned down at Old Trafford on the first Monday of the season. Um, Then they had the penalty given against them at home to Newcastle a week or so ago for what appeared to be a dive. And now they've got this one at Sheffield United at the weekend. So Gary O'Neill is the one who, if anybody wants to be putting out a Mm. statement, it's probably him. We've actually got a question from a listener on this topic, Chris, so we'll go straight to that now, actually. This comes from Stephen Pepper on Twitter, who's asked us, PGMOL are performing so badly, where else can the game recruit referees from? How could the current ones be improved? 
Referees from abroad? I mean, well, really? What is? Because I don't think what, they're any better. Well, do you, do you know that? Well, I've covered I've covered lots of Champions League games and and uh, six World Cups and four European Championships. And when I go ab- uh, abroad uh, doing this job and see the standards of refereeing, particularly at international summer tournaments, it's not great. And I usually come home thinking, you know what, our lot aren't so bad after okay, all. That's so, just so, the way I see right, it, mate. So, so, so is it so is it the system so we spoke about the world cup the semi automated offsides uh, that helps. in play there so so that helps so is so the point i'm making is is it is it solely just the on field referees or is it you know the the whole thing uh, I thought, I, and you know i i know we you know we, we've spoken about this in the past i'm i'm sort of sick of people saying we'll get x players in yeah, I it's agree. you know it that's wouldn't help it, no. It's, wouldn't help. I wanted to swear. Half them don't know the rules. It, no, it's 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 nonsense. That is, it's it's about it. It doesn't help Arteta spouting off. It doesn't help football clubs jumping on that particular bandwagon. It's you know they they need help and they need support. They well, get they're getting things wrong. The biggest where I really do feel strongly about this, where they could really help themselves, is by just just come out. You you mentioned the human side mm. of of players. Wouldn't it be, you know, very human of a referee to come out after a game and just say, do you know what? I made these decisions because of X, don't Y want it. and Z. Don't want it. You don't want that, no. So so you, you're calling for for better referees and transparency and that sort of, that, that trust element where players don't trust referees at this moment in time. Football clubs don't trust referees and therefore supporters supporters don't trust referees. Respect. Respect would help. Respect from footballers to officials would help. Look at the way the recent Rugby Union World Cup final was refereed. There was some respect between Mm -hmm. athletes and officials. When we were all playing football, you and I are similar age. I know you like to remind me that I've got a couple of years on you, but we're similar age. When we were growing up at school, playing at local clubs, etc., what were you told, first and foremost, referee's decision is final. So therefore, mm. it's final. He doesn't have to explain it. He's made it. Get on with it. Mm. But that's, Don't yeah. want referees in front of TV cameras. Thanks very much. Um, well, if you want, if you, if you want transparency, but you can't. So, so I agree with you on the, you know, on the on the rugby situation. Um, you know. Players still surround. I mean, they're, they're supposed to not surround referees this season. Players still do that in the Premier League. But I, I really do think that it would it would help, and people would cut them far more slack. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they because would. What would happen? You, is, you, you're, you're not. You're ref, not. You're not. You're not. A, you're not a barometer. A referee with that. would stand in front of a TV camera, and he would say, "This is why I made this decision." That was why. That's why mm. I made that decision, and everybody who was watching on the television would think, "Well, you're still a whatever. No, you no, still no, gave no, it against no, my that, team. That, it's no, not going to help, Chris. R- it's not going to help. That's, let's that, move. Let's that, move that, it on. No, it's not that, that's that. That's not rubbish. Do you know? Do you know what? Do you know? Honestly, I think I'm a reasonable judge. You probably don't. I would think good for them. I, I, I would honestly think good for them. What by no? I'm not talking about referees who come on and say I've got something wrong, but a referee who comes no, on just, and stands just, by his decision. Yeah, but well, <laughs> no, but 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 it's but it, but it's 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 the thought process. So we can we can agree we uh, we can agree and we can agree to disagree on things. But as as long as we know, so at, at the weekend, the you know, I don't want to go back to the, uh, the to to the Newcastle goal. Had the referee come out 
um, you know, straight after the game and said uh, the process uh, at that particular time, you know, the ball over the line, was it, wasn't it, or we couldn't tell. Uh, I didn't think it was a, 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 a strong enough challenge on Gabriel. I thought that was a, a poor challenge and, you know, that's why the goal shouldn't have been awarded. Then, do you know what? Arsenal fans may have been mad. They may have been mad and they'll say, you know, well, we disagree with that. But, least- but you know what? At least, at least, at least you've fronted up and come out and told us that, and they'd, and they'd go home thinking. The other go home thinking. No, it would thing, help. The only thing that makes us feel better is uh, is to, is but to but get then the goals off. But then, but then, he, but then he, and you are, you are saying, but but then you know, we start this by saying that you know the the pressure on referees and the criticism uh, of referees is too great. It's too much. And that so, ain't so, help so, them. No, it will. It will help. Anyway, look, I'm not sure we've answered Stephen's question there, but we've talked we've talked around it for a while. Um, let's talk about football. That was a heck of a game at Kenilworth Road uh, yesterday. Would love to have been a home supporter in that crowd because mm-hmm. that must have been mental. Uh, to, to wait all those years, to be back in the in the top flight, to be leading Liverpool until the last minute, absolutely superb. Jamie Carragher says that Liverpool can't win the league. Um, I'm not sure about that. Um, do I think Liverpool will, will win the league? Can win the league. No, I don't think Liverpool will win the league. Do I think that they can really put a challenge in on Manchester City? Yes, I don't know why Jamie Carragher has, has you know, written them off uh, as such. As well as Luton played uh, yesterday, and they did play well, really resilient. They've got something about them under uh, under Rob Edwards, you know, well-organised, uh, got a game plan where they counter well. Liverpool still missed a lot of chances. Twenty-four attempts on goal. Liverpool. There you go. But 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 big chances. Jota had the one in the first half where you know he tried to beat the keeper on his near post. Mm. Thought he, you know it was the easier option would have been to just to go across the goalkeeper into the far corner. But your mate Darwin mate. Darwin Nunes, a player I think who we both like. But love. there's love. I like on this him. Side of the table. I like him. This side of the I table, like him. it's you, love. You love him, but it's real love. and he scored a brilliant goal, didn't he against? Bournemouth it was, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. an unbelievable goal. Yeah. And then he goes from that yeah. to that miss. And, and it's 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 moments like that. If you want to challenge uh, Manchester City, I, I, I felt, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I felt nothing against Luton. I felt deflated a little bit. Because you uh, want the challenge. Because I because I want there to be a title yeah. race, and yeah. all you know, every time Liverpool drop points, you know, we've got Arsenal fanboys on the production here who are desperate for Arsenal to uh, to win the league, and maybe that was a lot. Some of Arteta's frustration that they know they can't keep dropping points with Manchester City, and that and so they're you, juggernaut. Uh, you lost faith in Big Ange already, then. No, well, well I was going to no say, well I, well, I tweeted last night, actually, thank God for Big Ange, otherwise there wouldn't be a title race. So you've not given up on Big Ange. Not That's given up good on him to know, no. don't worry. There's plenty of being at Big Ange coming further down the road. Wait till Tuesday, on this, on this, Yeah, I see <laughs> what happens tonight at, uh, at Tottenham. At Chelsea visiting, of course. Um, Liverpool's equaliser scored by Luis Diaz. His father is still uh, missing in Colombia, kidnapped by a group... Uh, who go by the name of the National Liberation Army. Um, he, pl- he didn't play last week um, because he's, he's, for obvious reasons, he wasn't mentally right. He came off the bench, he scores the equaliser. I happen to think, and I'm not, this is not hyperbole, I don't think, I think that is the bravest thing I've seen from a footballer this season. If my father was in um, that situation, if I had that going on, I wouldn't be at work. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sitting here. 
I think that's extraordinary what Luis Diaz has, has done for for his club on on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a massive shows his massive strength of character as much as as anything. He might actually see going out and training and playing as a as a bit of escapism to try and take his mind off. I, you know, it's a very very personal thing. I think. Um, from from my own experience, I think there was only ever once where I missed a game, and that was when uh, my son James, who was premature, he uh, we nearly lost him um, when I'd actually flown out to um, to Valencia to play in a, in a game for Celtic in the in the UEFA Cup. He was he was uh, yeah twenty eight weeks. He was he was a tiny baby, um, <clears throat> and we had him. Uh, he was in hospital for eight weeks um, for for his sort of organs to mm. grow and, and and so he could he could breathe properly. Anyway, he came out and we were we as, as a family as a huge sigh of relief. Things got back to normal. A couple of weeks later, I'd flown out to uh, <coughs> to play in Valencia, and my wife was dropping the kids off at school, and um, he uh, and and little James. Um, was choking in the car so my wife phoned me and we had an argument over the phone actually and I was saying oh, take him home he'll be fine and she didn't her instinct was to take him to hospital and that's a good thing she, right. she did do we got to hospital he stopped breathing and the, the doctor actually uh, took him away and uh, and said to my wife that you know it had, that he'd died and and they'd brought him back so well, then he and was and you were you were oh, I, and I was in. So um, was this the day of the game or the day before the this game? Was, this was on the morning of the game. Wow. So I was Martin O'Neill was the uh, was the manager, and that, that was probably the only time did you play? I've ever. I didn't play. No, right. that was probably the only time I played in all the games. You know, when, when James was born, and that was a worrying yeah. time. We could visit him in the hospital. But that was the only time uh, I think in my career where. I actually couldn't think, and I, I just—I'm not linking. You know, it's a different yeah. thing to to, to DS, but in, to, in terms of just just totally head mm. everywhere, not thinking about football, and subsequently, um, you know, James was on a life support for uh, a number of days, then came out and was in a, a special unit for for another couple of weeks. So, and and when he started to improve, I actually found football really good to yeah. get away to, mm-hmm. you know, just just. Try and try, yeah. Just, 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 just get away from it. And I don't know how you know. It's a, it's a very personal thing. But that would, that would be the only, the only, the only time in my. I mean, I had a, a long career, ups and downs. But the only time where I actually thought, blimey, you know, I didn't even contemplate. Uh, Footballers playing. can get quite a bad reputation, wrongly in many ways, for certain things that a small minority of them do. But I, I always think that footballers. A pretty representative of society, and this was something that actually Jeff Shreves, who we know from Sky, said to me recently about his uh, his history of, of interviewing and knowing footballers. He said essentially you have kind of uh, a very very small percentage who are wrongins, then you have uh, a decent percentage who are absolutely a one blokes, and then you have kind of seventy five percent who are just like the rest of us, just kind of mm. you know normal decent people. And what I'm getting at is that I think in these situations, and tell me if I'm, I'm wrong, that the dressing room is actually quite a um, uh, a place where you can where you go for comfort in terms uh, of your, in terms absolutely. of your teammates yeah. and, and the way that they 
you do kind of, although dressing rooms are hard places, they can be ferocious, unforgiving mm. places, they can also look after people. Yeah, it, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, you, you know, football clubs, I suppose it's in any any walk of life, but, you know, my experience of, of football at, at, at that particular time when, uh, you know, when my son James was was really ill, the support from, from the club within the, the, the dressing room, and just from the even you know, I had a lot of support from Rangers fans. Did um, you? Yeah, wow. you know, a, a wow. lot of a lot of nice messages. And uh, is it comforting? Yeah, you know, it is. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good people, um, you know, out there. I think that um, that with regards to you know footballers, you know, I think you you sort of put it quite well. Footballers still, you know, they're, they're normal yeah, people. They, yeah. You know, they, they have, you know, the, yeah. family issues, problems. Mm. Mm. And I suppose because people put them up on a pedestal, then I, I don't know whether some people view that as... As they need to treat them slightly differently, but you know we're all we're all we're all human, sort of you know with, with our emotions. I think actually, Andy Foster Cockley has, has spoken very well about this. Yeah, uh, you know this sort of thing that you know footballers have their issues and and they have to deal with it. And it's I think it's I think part of it is because um, we see footballers behave in a certain way on the field, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's not good. And I think maybe sometimes we extrapolate that to how they would behave away from the field, which is absolute nonsense. Mm. When they're playing in an incredibly high-pressure environment, um, and I think people think because they earn lots of money, that makes them uh, in some way abnormal, which of course it, yeah. which of course it doesn't. Well, I wouldn't no. imagine it does. I wouldn't know, but you know, I mean, it, it doesn't. They are, and a lot of them are fathers. A lot of uh, footballers still tend to have their children quite young, don't they? So I'd imagine mm. in that dressing room at Celtic, you'd have, found, you'd have been surrounded by a group of lads um, Scottish, English, w- w- European, whatever, who were fundamentally the same as same as you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, you know, agree with everything you say there. Um, sort of with, I mean, at that particular time, you know, a lot of the players came up to the the hospital, the York Hill Hospital in in Glasgow, and sort of would would visit, see how a little boy was, and and my wife. I think somebody thought that Neil Lennon was my wife's brother at one point, which she was. You know, really insulted by. I, 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 having seen photographs of your wife, I can um, I can uh, establish and, and say with confidence she looks nothing <laughs> like uh, Neil, Neil Lennon. No. No, she um, was she was sort of horrified by that. Although if she's got although if she's got a sense of humour, then she's then she's uh, doing okay. And before before we move out of this, because I think this is a really interesting and important discussion, slightly tangential, but also this sometimes wonder about this this issue where some people say, oh, the players don't care, they don't care. And you know what? I never buy that either. And there was an incident actually this weekend when um, the Wolves player, you're going to have to help me out, who gave the penalty away, Fabio Silva, mm, am I yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of yeah, the game was, the, the was young, uh, Portuguese striker. Yeah. So he gives a penalty away. It's not a, a penalty, but nevertheless, he was the one. They lose the game. He's in tears. Yeah. He's in tears afterwards, and he's been consoled by a teammate. And it was that was that one of the contenders for my moment of the weekend, actually. Um, and you, you just got to watch that. You watch that. See, anyone who thinks that footballers don't give a toss about their mm. about their livelihood, about their results, then just need to have a think there, again. There is that, and do you know what? And I, I, I could be, I could be like that myself at times. Sometimes you you try and portray an image that you yeah. that, that you don't care. And after we spoke, to, I'm not going to go through my time at Chelsea. We do that sort of every, you, <laughs> yes, you know, we do, yeah. every week. But you, you know, you you sort of you, 
you're dying inside essentially, but you're given the image that ah, you know I'm not I'm not fussed about that. And what to the to the outside world? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. I'm all right, but inside you're oh, you're killing yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was. But you, gonna- so, but you know, what, what are your options there though? Really, you, you know, you've, well, you, you, you you you've sort of got a front up, or and you know, sometimes I think you know, young. Young players, it's it's a macho thing, isn't it? I like a bit of I like a bit of emotion. I think supporters mm. like a bit of emotion. I think they recognise. Yeah, they recognise toughness as well. But I think when it's appropriate, um, and I'm not talking. There should never be crocodile tears. Don't cry if you don't mean it. Mm. But I do think when if you're a Wolves fan and you th- and you see your guy in tears after that, you think you know what he'll do for me. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, Fingers crossed for uh, Luis Diaz's father, yeah. obviously, moving moving forward. We are led to believe that the authorities in Colombia do think there's some progress. They do think there's some um, optimism now uh, and a, a real chance that in the next couple of days we might get some good news about, about um, his father's release. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, mate. Well, we'll move out of one uh, very, very serious subject and straight into another uh, serious subject, which is that of footballers and head injuries and concussion and concussion protocols, um, etc. We're going to talk a little bit in a moment about High Maguire at Manchester United and what happened at Craven Cottage on Saturday. First of all, we've got a, um, a question that we received overnight um, from at Ergonomic on Twitter. And he's asked you, Chris... Do you despair at players using head injury protocols to stop the game? Should players be assessed for five minutes off the field before being allowed back on? Um, I think the insinuation there is that some players are feigning uh, head injury to either waste time or stop the game. It's a much deeper subject than that, isn't it? The first point of that question, do I despair if players are feigning head injury well that's it's a pretty despicable thing to do isn't it if you're you know you're tra- you, you, sorry are, and are, is that happening I, I think we, we you know we have seen it happen right. but you know guess what it's up to the authorities to, to really clamp down and ban players uh, who do that I think that you know the general point about I mean a watch match of the day uh, the Harry Maguire stuff I mean we're watching pictures right but that seemed pretty 
plain to see Maguire wasn't in a in a you know in in a good way. There was there was a moment in the second half where he really wobbled. At this uh, at this moment in time, we have the the permanent uh, concussion substitution uh, protocol where where you have to take a player off yeah. permanently. If you have the temporary concussion sub, you can take a player off who has a head injury into the sanctuary of a dressing room to, to be assessed uh, by a, uh, a, a an independent doctor. Mm-hmm. So not a doctor who not, works yeah. for, which is, you know, takes a, the pressure a, a, out of it. A, an issue. And, uh, and then if the player is okay, then they can go back onto the field. In the meantime, the, the, the team on the field aren't numerically disadvantaged because they have, that's they can the put point. a sub on. And, and that's, so, you know, so, so what's, why what's on earth are we not doing that? Because what is wrong with the game? I don't know. I, I actually, I, not, I, I don't get fed up with talking about it, but it's it's so so glaringly obvious what what we have to do, and yet, I, mean, I think I said this before on it. Pep the other week, the other month, said about players playing too many games. Mm-hmm. He said about players, mm-hmm. and, and the players should do something mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. So why why aren't the players and the players' families sort of? Shouting from the rooftops to 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 get the right duty because, of care in, you know and if they don't get it, then we're not going to play in other professions. Well, that well, happens. You know why, Chris? Because they're in the game, and what I mean about that is when they're in the game, all they focus about they they don't think about the long. Just like you say, Eric and Hag isn't thinking along about the long game. They aren't thinking about a long game. High Maguire is asked after that game on Saturday about the, the thing, and essentially says. Just like all players do, I just wanted to get back on the field. Yeah. So that is what they want to do. So they have to be protected mm. from themselves. They aren't going to go shouting and bawling about head injury protocols, Chris, because a lot of us think to ourselves, that's not going to happen to me. And that is what they all think. They need protection from themselves. And, and I did the same thing yeah. um, as a player, but I didn't actually, I didn't, I didn't know that you're at a greater risk if you play football from, you know, mm. getting, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, getting brain injury. And, you know, now the players do know, would I have done something about it? Well, you know, yeah. of course Look, I would. It's a, it's a recurring theme in football and other sports. It's a really important theme in football. You are a, um, uh, int- you are an articulate and passionate speaker about it. And um, hopefully we can return to it in, in future weeks because it's really, really uh, important. And everything that you say there, I know for a fact, comes right from your heart, as does your uh, love for uh, Ange Postecoglou. That's a r- really... Uh, just admire it. That's a really uh, clumsy link, but we'll take it. Um, so um, <laughs> for those of you listening to this podcast on a Monday, uh, Tottenham are playing tonight against mm. uh, Chelsea. For those of you who listen tomorrow, they played last night against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so, Tottenham, Foster Cogley, couple of things to mention here. Um, he's been to the theatre, uh, <laughs> him and his wife, Georgia. I'm not saying that Man- as a... manager I'm, goes yeah, to the theatre. like an incredible, incredible thing. Australian? Yeah, is how, an Australian how, in a theatre? How dare a football manager go to the theatre? He was invited... Uh, by Sir Kenneth Branagh, uh, a big Tottenham fan. I didn't know that. To go and watch the um, opening night of King Lear. Um, Ange loved it. Um, he, he did, well, he had to say that. He did say rather self-depreciatingly, um, deprecatingly, um, whichever is correct. Um, 
that King Lear wasn't part of the curriculum at my high school. Classic kind of big hands, <laughs> putting himself down. But he did say afterwards, he said, um, I'm quoting him here, he said, Sir Kenneth was very good after it. We caught up briefly. He was very kind with his time. He was all over it, what he means Tottenham. He was all over how it's going and gave me some little pieces of advice, which I'll ignore, just <laughs> like he'll ignore my advice on acting. Um, mm. So now I know that, you, I mean, you're more... Um, you're more Lion King than King Lear, aren't well, you? Well, only because I get... I'm well, not were, really a theatre-goer. Well, you, you were there I, last week I at got, Lion King, I got, Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I got dragged along. I, I enjoyed it. You were there, it was, weren't it was you? A, yeah, yeah. With the wife, like, with the kids? Yeah, no, yeah wife, and, wife and kids. You're embarrassed about it. I don't no, know I'm, why. Not, I'm not embarrassed. embarrassed. No, you're, you're I'm looking embarrassed. You're doing that red thing again that you always do when you're uncomfortable. My theatre knowledge isn't great. I think that was... Was it the first time... We go to the panto. That's my sort of thing. Uh, but but I enjoyed the theatre actually, I, and I, I am going to make an effort to to go more. <laughs> my producer. What about yourself? The producer just said in my ear, "Oh no, he doesn't." <laughs> I'm sorry. My, I know that we do our best for a, a giggle on this show, but we're not <laughs> we're, we're not we're not doing that no. one. You don't need to feel embarrassed about your kind of uh, lack of knowledge of the theatre because we're both on the same page right. with that. Are one. you are you a theatre? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I look like I have time no, to, I, time no, to go no, to No, I don't know, but... What I will tell you is I am a Lion King fan, but I'm not allowed to watch it in our house because what? my uh, dear other half is not a... This is her, not a fan of animated movies, i.e. cartoons. Right, right yeah. So me and the no, little aren't allowed, <laughs> aren't allowed to watch uh, Lion King. Well, <laughs> comes and turns it over. Even your little and that, that's... Oh, that's cruel, that, isn't it? That, child, that, cruelty. That. child cruelty. <laughs> child cruelty, that. Child cruelty. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> big, you know, Big Ange and his kind of, uh, his capacity for surprise con continues. He, did, he has also been talking about a, a more serious subject um, in football, which is that of recruitment. Um, Tottenham have got a new football director, uh, Johan Langer, which I probably pronounced incorrectly. Um, he's come from Aston Villa. Um, he was at Villa before Umay Emery um, requested that uh, the club bring Monchi in from Spain, who's now the kind of technical director at and uh, doing all the player recruitment at Villa. So Langer was kind of shoved to the side. He's now turned up at Tottenham, very highly rated, I'm told, uh, by someone I know who works at Aston Villa. But the point of this ramble is that Postacoglu was suggested over the weekend that he wants his hands on recruitment. Now, I'm not saying that there's an issue between them. I'm not saying that at all. There's no, no sign of that. But Big Ange is saying that he's the type of manager who wants his fingerprints on the recruitment at Tottenham. Mm. Um, I, I've, I've become a little bit lost with uh, club recruitment over the last number of years because we all don't really know who recruits for the the big teams there well, are, there are these it's at the smoke and mirrors isn't it I, I think uh you know sometimes managers and i might be wrong with this and you can shoot me down i don't know but sometimes managers like to distance themselves from well, from, the bad ones. from from no but they do they're yeah. from recruitment they like yeah. to distance themselves mm. and then when they get the good one in then it's you know it, it's on them so it's a difficult one what you know, just on Postacoglu, what do I know from his time at, at Celtic? He was very hands-on in that respect. Yeah. I think I think it's natural. I think we understand the the, the sort of sporting director mm. model of clubs and managers can't can't do everything. But I think it's it's a quite a natural thought process that you sort of you want to have control of players coming in because ultimately it's 
you know it's your job yeah. to get the best best so you want to have the final say is, is what is yeah. is what i'm getting at I, I, but the other the other side of that is um the other side of that is that if you're a football club and you know that you're going to your manager is going to change the average life expectancy at a premier league club is about 18 yeah. months or something you know at some point the manager is either going to move on or you're going to sack him so what you don't want is a system whereby you've got a load of players that he wanted but not necessarily might might not be suitable for the next one. So they like to have a more kind of holistic um, system whereby the coach is the person who can be slotted in and out of the system and the recruitment continues in its own way almost mm. regardless. But that's much easier said than done if you're a manager who rocks yeah. up to a football club and finds a load of players that you don't like waiting yeah, and, for you. And then, and then Chelsea being a you know really good model to look at because what what have we what have we said about Chelsea everyone. over the last... No, exactly. And they had to build... Did they not have to build extra... Extra dressing rooms. Extra dressing rooms yeah. because, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the squad is too bloated because what happens when new managers come in? They say the previous squad is awful. I want all these players out. I want to bring my own players in. So why while while the conveyor belt is you know is 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 great in theory, it actually costs a lot. New managers it? always say the same thing, which is that, which is that the players aren't fit enough, <laughs> and they've been eating the wrong thing. They've been eating yeah. the wrong thing in the canteen. The yeah. uh, the ketchup has been moving in and out of the uh, Tottenham yeah. canteen uh, <laughs> routinely for about five years. I think I'm, I think I'm right in this. So Conte was given great credit when he had some good results mm. for taking ketchup <laughs> out of the canteen at Tottenham, but I believe that Costa yeah. Coglu has brought him back into the canteen, yeah. and that's now the reason for his. Right. Good result. So <laughs> it's right, who is yeah. right or, or or wrong? Now, moment of the weekend. Mine, mine, because I believe you stole mine. Um, we've mentioned him already on this pod. Ross Barkley. I've always been an admirer of Ross, um, going back to his time um, at Everton. Uh, people used to say I was a bit blind to uh, the kind of negative aspects of his game. I just saw a really, really skillful kid who could do things that other players couldn't do, play off uh, both feet, could score goals, could pass. I thought he had a really special future ahead of him. Hasn't quite happened. I'm chuffed a bit. She's back on the field playing um, for, for Luton. And he was number one in all the relevant stats yesterday. So Ross Barkley, take a bow, as they say. And I hope, yeah, it, I, hope a, yeah. I hope it continues. Yeah. That's, the, that's yeah. the rider. I hope, because his recent, he had loan at, uh, a loan at Villa, which started well, faded, didn't do it at, at Chelsea. So I hope he books that trend and really kicks on on again now because he's, yeah, he's no, a talented well player. Yeah, uh, you know, I totally get that. And he, he did look like a player who, I mean, he, he really burst onto the scene and he, he looked like a player who had lost his way. Yeah. So, you know, credit for him for having And that if you're all playing in your old position uh, or, you know, through the middle number many. nine, I mean, you want someone like that playing behind you, surely? Who's going to find your runs and feed you and play you in? Yeah. As long as he passed him in, didn't, didn't really, shoot really from sceptical. Didn't shoot from ridiculous distance. Ah, okay. You want He's it. got a good shot on him. Uh, so anyway, do you want my moment of the week? I Are absolutely you gonna, do. Um, yeah, I absolutely do. Well, you sort of know what it is, but I'll, I'll give you a clue. <laughs> beep beep <laughs> beep beep. Uh, not oh, you driving to work. Is that, that you driving it? your tractor <laughs> on the farm? <laughs> I mean, just. Uh, I could I actually genius. couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. So so Arsenal under eighteen, Jack Wilshire, the manager, were off to play uh, Brighton. Um under well, thought 18. They were. <laughs> and I mean in this day and age you can understand 
Oh, sorry, thirty years ago, you could understand the driver sort of making a mistake and going to the wrong location. But they have sat nav now. He's got one job just to put. So tell in the a story. Nav. Yeah. So the um, so the the Arsenal under eight, eight uh, the Arsenal under 18s coach driver, rather than going to Brighton, ended up driving to Bournemouth, and the game was. I think what I love most about that was the story itself, and I, I love you the way you've brought that to life there, your own bit of animation. Um, what I love most about it was Arsenal's tweet, Arsenal's tweet on Saturday, which I've deleted from the screen because it's your bit, but it said something like, today's under-18 game against Brighton has been postponed. That was all it said. And then an Arsenal fan retweeted it and said, yeah, what this tweet doesn't mention is because the coach driver took them to Bournemouth instead of Brighton. Um, <laughs> I just imagine him driving back he would have he would have felt there was gutted, there is a, a chap that i know who used to write about golf for the sun newspaper oh. who was once dispatched to cover the masters um in augusta only to uh, get off his plane on arrival to find out that he'd arrived in a completely different augusta a different part of a different part of america imagine that that's, the that's greatest golf tournament yeah. in life uh, uh, um, right okay that i think is us uh chris that's a really uh fun and very very varied and occasionally deep podcast today which i enjoyed uh, very much um, all that's left is to thank everybody who's been listening and watching remember the old adage like subscribe uh, leave comments and please send questions and we didn't get to all of them today because uh, the show um, was a bit longer than we thought but we'll come back to them uh, next week um, please remember to go to Mail Online for all your breaking uh, sports news download and subscribe to the Mail Plus app uh, on Thursday Chris and I will be getting together on Zoom for our It's All Coming Up preview show where we'll be looking forward to next week's round of Premier League uh, fixtures um, but most importantly of all remember to be back here next week for the next edition of uh, this show um, I'm Ian Laidman the chap to my left with the cuddly lion sitting on his lap is Chris Sutton and this has been It's All Kicking Off Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.